Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, Phoenix is rising and so are we. Everyone, welcome into the PHNX Rise Podcast. Appreciate everyone joining us here on a Tuesday. Little 5 p.m. action going for you. It is 5 o'clock somewhere. It's 5 o'clock right here. We got everyone in the house. I am Max Simpson, joined by Mr. Owen Evans, as usual. And, of course, you know, there's a third member here, you know, uh, do have team president, Mr. Bobby Dooley in the house. Bobby, how are we doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. It's uh, it's good to have you. I was going to say, we know we we chatted. We've had you on the pod before, but this is live in person in studio. I, how, I, love, how you, I love the studio. The like digs the, are great. We like the digs, man. Yeah, we, yeah. it's good. Little, uh, little Easter egg for people in front. A little bit of, uh, a, you know, the the updated crests, uh, little magnets with the, the star on top. We like mm-hmm. to see that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Important piece. I was going to say, got to put that. It is important. Got to put on the got to put on the fridge, man. Yeah. Got to put on the beer fridge. Well, we like that, man. I mean, I was going to say, I know we chatted a bit, but for everyone kind of watching along, right? uh, We're definitely going to kind of hit a lot of different subjects. Um, Really, we're going to kind of take it like looking out, kind of talking about some things at the club, kind of talking a bit about your career and really what people can look forward to. So we're going to kind of run the whole gamut. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be a fun time, man. Um, We definitely want to like start off with because when I hear like, what a team president is like i don't know what that is right like we're work, we're working we're on a we're on a podcast like we don't know what a team president does can you like please describe for whether people have been season take holders for a while or they're new phoenix rising fans what is like a typical day-to-day and maybe there is not a typical day-to-day for you no i think that's probably uh, the yeah. latter yeah uh, for me i'm fortunate to be in this position and and i i get to you know have my hands in everything mm-hmm. um on the business side of things as well as on the sporting side of things and and no two days are the same. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty hectic. I could jump from a conversation with an agent negotiating a contract for a player to talking about ticketing or food and beverage specials or, you know, meeting with representatives from our youth club. So um, every day is a bit different, but but ultimately uh, have a really good staff in the front office, obviously a good staff on the on the, you know, the, the technical side of things, you know, working with the ownership group obviously you know trying to drive some initiatives that are that are important to the ownership group so so really uh just kind of kind of be the connector kind of keep people going each and every day trying to motivate people um trying to make sure that uh you know we're, we're always trying to learn always trying to get better challenging each other and um you know uh, for for me it's it's been a lot of a lot of fun over the last eight yeah. years being here and, and seeing where this club was when when i joined to to where it is now and and ultimately trying to do uh, do our fans proud each and every day and, and set a, a really high standard both on and off the field. We're going to get some things wrong along the way. We have gotten some things for long, wrong along the way, but ultimately um, I care so deeply about this club and the success of this club and, and very passionate. My family is all in on this. You guys have probably seen my wife and kids quite a bit. I'm out there as well. So this club means everything to me and um, you know, for, for me to, to be able to work in soccer, which is a sport I played mm-hmm. growing up, 
um, and and get to do it um, here in Arizona with with great fans and 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 a, and, and a market that is growing and an organization that continues to grow. Um, it's it's uh it's really exciting for me. That's awesome, man. Well, and it's it. It's definitely a lot of hats for sure. No day is the same as you're kind of alluding to. I mean, in your like career path with the club, right? We know that, you know, moving up from the GM role into, you know, this president role, it, it sounds like, right, you're interacting with everyone. You're kind of touching all the different departments. What was that shift like for you of like, hey, going from that GM role to the presidency role? And how do you kind of balance kind of like the on field versus the off field, what you have to deal with? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. And, and to be honest, a lot didn't change from the GM role. I mean, sure. we didn't have a president before. Um, I assumed the role officially. Um, I was still involved in the business side of things as well as the sporting side of things. And, and I think, you know, on the sporting side of things, I, I think that's what gets people excited. That's, you know, um, you know, what everyone's talking about. It's what owners want to hear about. It's what's going on on the field. Um, on that side of things, it, it's always been very collaborative um, in nature, um, even going all the way back to my days working with Frank Yellup. And I was a COO at that time. Um, it's, it's still making sure that, you know, putting the pieces around it, trying to be a step ahead um, on infrastructure, trying to build and add processes, making sure that, that we're, you know, we're doing that correctly. Um, so I think for us, it, uh, um, as, as long as there's collaboration, it's never just one voice coming and saying, this is who we got to sign. This is what we have to do. This mm -hmm. is the, you know, the, the food and beverage special we have to run. It, it's always kind of bouncing through things and, and look at the pros and cons and, and ultimately, obviously, there's some decisions that have to be made. But but I, I would say this whole thing has been collaborative from ownership on on down. Nice. Obviously, you mentioned there some of the, the sporting side and the recruitment and it being this collaborative process. I know we spoke about, must be about four years ago now, about, uh, you know, how the team would go about recruiting people, um, recruiting players. How over these past few years has that process changed? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a good question. And I think we have to continue to evolve. I think... People always ask, you know, going back a few years with Didier Drogba, what I think Didier Drogba did for us is he fast-tracked our organization mm -hmm. from a professionalism standpoint. And I remember, you know, early on, and I just would listen with him around and, and hearing him talk about how to travel, you know, how, you know, meals that we should be providing on a daily basis, um, what the hotels look like, all those little details. I was constantly trying to, to listen and learn, and it helped us, you know, I would say kind of set the bar a little bit across the league. And now you're starting to see more and more league teams across the league, which is great. Staying in better hotels, they're they're feeding their players on a daily basis. Those things used to be a unique differentiator for for us as an organization. So when you're looking at what Phoenix Rising has to offer, we have to continue to to push and push and push. And and that means adding things. So the sporting department now, you look at Brandon McCarthy, um, obviously an you know owner, investor in the team, but but someone since his playing days have, have passed, he's really rolled his sleeves up and, and been involved. I would say it's been about 18 months or so. And, and the knowledge that he brings and the experience that he brings from a, a sporting infrastructure standpoint, um, from the processes, you know, whether it's baseball, you know, playing or in the front offices for him, um, it's a different sport, right? Um, things are a little bit different, but, but having him help us, you know, we now have an analyst on board, you know, and we now have a scout on board. And so you start building those things to be a little bit uh, more insulated. So mm -hmm. when there is change, um, like there was this past off season, um, there's more things in place that we can keep things going. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think for us, 
we want to continue to to be at the forefront, with, definitely within our league, and operate at a really high level and, and keep pushing the envelope. I mean, you look at some of the players we brought in or the players we've moved on, um, it's very important for us to continue to evolve, right? The sport is evolving. Um, the sporting operation is evolving. The league is evolving. All those things are happening at a really fast rate, and we have to make sure that we're, we're right at the front of all of those things um, and, and keep pushing. And that's what I think is really cool about our organization is that we have ownership group that's receptive to that. And when we, we go with an ask, um, you know, as long as there's a why, um, it at least gives, gives an opportunity to evaluate and say, does this look like something we should do? And, and so I think, um, continuing to build the club out, um, is something that, that, uh, really excites me Mm. and, and something that we'll continue to try to do each and every year. Definitely. I mean, you, you mentioned, right, it's trying to stay ahead of the game. I mean, it's it's on field, off field. It's easier said than done for any club. I mean, especially for you guys, right? Like it's it's quite quite the offseason you guys had of like you're winning. You win the whole thing. USL champions and, you know, lots of new players signing. There's a lot of excitement. It was definitely right. It had to be a bit of a curveball of right. Uh, Juan, you know, leading the team, then takes the job with Houston Dynamo. Talk us through that process of like what that looked like, the recruitment of interviewing other head coaches, and then ultimately landing on Danny Stone from an internal perspective. Yeah, um, I mean, I think I think when we hired Juan Guerra, mm-hmm. um, you know, away from Oakland, and I know I know there was there was some negative feedback on on that process, but but Juan and I are very close. We remain very close. I know he's kicking off right now, um, you know, uh, in his in his first game as an assistant with Dynamo in St. Louis. Uh, we, we talk a lot. And, and so, in fact, after the season was over, I mean, it, it, Juan, myself, Brandon, um, on the sporting side of things, we, we see our talk to each other. We, we saw our talk to each other um, every day, multiple mm-hmm. times. And, and so we knew each other really well. We, we Juan and myself, very aspirational. We want to push, um, be the best. Um, challenge each other. I, mm-hmm. I think that was the best part about our relationship is there was a, a tremendous amount of respect, but also, you know, uh, in a way that we could challenge and, and, and we did that. And so, uh, at the season ends, obviously it was hectic the last four weeks of the season and, and crazy and, and ended obviously with a star on the top of the crest, which was awesome. Um, we quickly, I, I don't think it was a matter of days, um, that we were, you know, sitting down and, and, and going through things. And then I think within a week we were, we were over in Europe together. Right. So, um, a lot of the players that you see on this roster, um, as, as we do in our player recruitment process, our, our coach has the final word on the player. Obviously, we're working through the budget. We're working through, you know, agents, um, working through fits and filters before it even gets to our head coaches to make sure that they can be efficient, right, respectful of their time. And, and so Juan played a big role in, in the roster. And, you know, in fact, that's when we were over in, in Italy and in the UK doing some things and signing Julio at that time is, is where we went and saw him at Juve. So um, we knew, I, I knew Juan um, was getting some interest um, and, and clubs reach out and ask for permission. And, and of course, as has happened in the past, um, we grant that permission. We don't want to stand in the way of any opportunities that, that someone wants to pursue. And, and this, was, this was no different. So Juan was very transparent in the process. And as we started going through this, it was like it, getting closer to Christmas time. Is this getting real, Juan? Like, is this, this happening? And hmm. as, as it ultimately went um he, he made the decision and and so supportive of one and so happy you know for him and his family and and wish him nothing but the best 
And, and that was, of course, you always, you know, have a list of, of candidates. You're always trying to be prepared. If you ever have to be in that moment, if I wasn't, we wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be doing my job. Mm. Um, so as we went through that process, um, you know, there was tons of inbound, tons of inbound, as you can imagine, from from coaches that are currently coaching to agents um, to people making referrals. Um, and, and so it was a lot coming at us and, 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 you know, even asking one, right. And, and gathering that feedback again, every decision is, is very collective by nature, um, which we try to do. And so as we went through candidates and looked at, you know, resumes and received phone calls and talked to them, obviously Danny Stone was someone that was right at the top of our mind from, from the jump. And so, um, that process played out and we, we narrowed it down and, and, and really went through an exhaustive process. Um, brought a candidate in as well and and spent a lot of time um, with that candidate, spent a lot of time with Danny. And, and ultimately, um, you know, what what we realized, what I think you guys are, are you know, our fans are, are seeing now is is Danny Stone, the head coach. And I think which what makes Danny so good is he's he's the consummate professional. I mean, he is so professional. Um, and I think I think that was, you know, just being really transparent with you guys one of those things, he was such a good assistant coach. He, he was serving one, he was serving the organization, serving the team. So you saw, you, you didn't see some of the things that you see in head coach can, um, candidates, right? Mm. That you're around because he was so committed to his craft and so professional that that's what we wanted to see during the interview process with Danny. And you saw that come out of him. You saw him sit a little differently in the chair. You saw him have a different tone, some different inflections in his voice. Um, he, he wanted it so badly. You could see that passion that you knew would translate into, you know, coach talks, motivating the players, right? Bringing the group together. Obviously, there was no one better that knew the existing roster, that knew the club, knew the culture. So he was going to make it really difficult for anyone else to come in here and win the job. And then when you go through the process and you see what he does and his connectivity and how prepared he was and and, and in fact, we even had, you know, our coach, you know, a couple of the candidates, including Danny, meet with other departments within the organization um, and, and did that because this job as a manager is is far more than, you know, coaching. Right. It's meeting with the media. It's meeting with sponsors. It's meeting with the ownership mm -hmm. group. It's making sure that yet players are doing, you know, behaving on social media or doing corporate appearances or being out in the community and understanding the bigger picture. This organization is bigger than just you know, on the field. And, and that was important to us. So, so ultimately I, I couldn't be more excited and uh, more confident in the decision that we made as an organization to, to move forward with Danny. And, and I know he's ready and I think you'll see his touches pretty quickly on the team and, and some different things. And, and I think the support of the players, the support of the front office, support of the ownership group, um, ultimately he, he was the guy to lead us. And I, I'm confident that he could take us to new heights. So as you look now, following up a, a title-winning season last year, of course, what are the the minimum expectations that the club are putting out for Danny this year? I mean, it's it's no different than it has been from before, right? It it sounds it sounds cliche, but we we want to win. We want to win, and we want to do it at home. We want to have more consistency. I think that's one thing that we've really looked at is how can we be more consistent. You know, um, you know, you look at how last year and the ebb and flow, and that that was a product of a lot of new players, a, a new system. Um, but ultimately, this league is getting better each and every year. You look around at the signings around the league. You see the coaches that are now in this league. You see the facilities that are coming to this league. The, the level is getting better each and every year. Um, we have to continue to raise it. So, And, and as you know, 
even before we won, I feel like we always took everyone's best shot. Um, and that's for because of the players and the coaches and the staff that have been here before here to set the standard. So our, it's a it's a competitive environment and we want to make sure that we we have some more consistency this year. We want to make sure that ultimately at the end of the year, we're having home playoff games versus road playoff games. And ultimately, we want to try to win any any and every competition that we're in this year. Hmm. You know, uh, it's always curious because like it's super cool seeing the relationship that Juan had with the community, with the fan base. And, you know, we kind of we kind of more or less asked this to Danny of like, it's not trying to replace that. It's not trying to say replicate it. Let's run it back exactly how we did last season. He's going to make this with his own touch in his own image. How do you like see that relationship um, between Danny with the front office and Danny with the the fans in the community being fostered? Because I think that was something really special that Juan and everyone built. It's going to be really interesting to see how that takes place this year. Yeah, absolutely. We don't want Danny to be anyone else but Danny, yep. right? Um, we want him to be authentic to who he who he is. Um, you look at his his career path, right? Mm. And he's got a really unique story and, you know, coming over from England, going to high school in Tempe, um, you know, working with different coaches, different levels. He's got different experiences, right? And he's had a different vantage point all these years. Um, so what you're going to get from Danny is truly who Danny is. Um, and, and I know that, uh, without a doubt, Danny cares about the community. He cares about everything else that goes with this organization, the people that are a part of that. And, and he's, he's so respectful. And, and so I think I don't want to tell anyone how someone's going to act. I think he's going to show you guys. Um, but he's a very genuine person. He's a very respectful and, and professional person. And, um, you know, when he talks to you, he looks you in the eye and he cares about you. And, and I think our fans will see that. I think our sponsors will see that. And, and I know our players have seen that. And um, I think just being authentic is all we're asking him to be. And um, and I think his who he is will come out to for, for everyone to see. Love that. I mean, it's pretty cool seeing uh, seeing what this year is going to unfold and kind of choosing your own adventure. You guys can choose your own adventure as well with our friends at Arizona Lottery. Our friends at Arizona Lottery, they can help you choose your own adventure with their Arizona Adventure promotion. There are three ways to play and win big. Number one, play their Arizona Adventure lottery tickets featuring three iconic landscapes. Remember those three landscapes, Owen? Ooh. Can you give me one? Uh, Picacho. Can you give me another? Without <laughs> so you're really kicking in on I got, these. I got you got Picacho Peak, Mount, uh, Monument Valley, and Camelback Mountain. These tickets, these scratches, have prizes up to fifty thousand dollars. That's one way to play. Second way, you can also check in at Geolocated Adventures in ten destinations across the state, from Flagstaff to Yuma. Plot twist: I just did one uh, over the weekend. Actually, a little uh, Piestois Peak off the fifty-one. Super easy to do. And then number three. You can enter those tickets to win $1 million for your chance to play cash and travel prizes. But make sure you guys enter. Go to azadventure.com for details and directions. You can check in at these destinations. Very easy to do. Again, play for a chance to win $1 million in cash and Arizona travel prizes. Also, another way to win and do some cool things, you can get those Arizona lottery tickets at Circle K. Circle K, proud partner not only PHNX but also Phoenix Rising. We love that. We love a nice synergy with the partners, all that stuff. Circle K, join their Inner Circle program. Do it today. It is America's third stop. They have their new free membership program. You guys have already heard hearing me talk about this for months now. If you haven't done it, what are you doing? Go sign up for the Inner Circle. It's free. All you need is a phone number. Save 25%. 
off per gallon on your first five fill-ups, plus three cents off per gallon every day after that. You could even get up to five cents per gallon. That's what I'm doing. Um, you also get every six uh, kind of item free, pizza, coffee, ice-cold fountain drinks, those Polar Pops. You already know. Download the Circle K Inner Circle program today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for more details. Max, you always get those cringy transitions. No, there, dude, it was you, really smooth. I thought I really Ooh. had that one. <laughs> I don't know about that, Max. I always think I have that one. <laughs> he always does. He always does. I teed but, him up for one transition earlier. I think Owen yeah. picked up on it. Uh, I usually pick up on those, but I, I must have Max. It. You've got, I'll, you've I'll, got I'll have to watch the tape afterwards. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, we'll have a look now. We'll go, go back a little bit and look at the last season. Um, And this is... Looking a bit broader now, looking at the league and this one. One of the stories from USL last season, of course, Oakland Roots having their fundraising. They open up their books to an extent as a result of that. And between the men's and women's team, they're losing, what, about $10 million a year? Is the current picture across USL Championship as a whole really that dire? Um, I mean, it's a good question. All right, obviously they open their books to that, and, and I you know, I don't want to spill financial details, nor do I have them for for other teams around the league. But what I will tell you is that that sitting in the you know the rooms you know with the owners of this league, sitting in the room with our own owners, and seeing the ambition that that they have, um, this this is not for the faint of heart, right? From an ownership perspective, it's not. No one's printing money um, based on their USL franchise right now, and and so. Um, there's there's various reasons that these owners are are committed to this, right? Um, whether it be for community assets, whether it be, um, you know, for to pass down on gener from generation to generation. Uh, there, there's a lot of different things. Um, but what I will tell you is that that uh, the investment dollars, the enthusiasm, the excitement for for the sport um, at, at whatever level um, is is really high right now, and and owners continue to to show up and. Like I talked about, in order to get better facilities, in order to take better care of players, in order to put you know fit, you know new stadiums out um, and track different players from around the world, it, it costs costs money to do that, and we're seeing that improvement year over year, and that's more money is being put into this. So, so yeah, it's uh, there's there's some tough you know conversations, there's some tough things that that happen, but ultimately, um, it's a really committed group to to continue to push this thing forward. So if you have Oakland at about 10 million and you were to talk scales then roughly where are we comparing things with phoenix rising uh, i mean that's that's a good question but but we're certainly not in in that ballpark uh <laughs> with, with oakland um i have a lot of respect for oakland and what they're doing i know they're working on a new stadium plan right now and that's that's a big deal for clubs they order to have their their own stadium they can be in control of of things and 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 you guys have seen with us we've we've picked up and put down our stadium a couple times now um, and in part, you know, for various reasons, but being able to control whether it be the food and beverage operation or, or you know, bring on some full time staff or part time staff or, you know, game day staff for, for mm. security um, to be able to utilize the facility for things outside of, you know, um, the, the men's soccer team. Right. Those are those are all things that can happen. So you're not paying rent um, to to other people for for things. You could put some more permanent infrastructure in place. So I think. Every team is unique, right? Um, we were fortunate. I mean, since I, I joined the team, we were we had our own home, right, where we had somewhere to train, somewhere to play in the same spot. Um, that's unique. I think that's what makes, you know, what our ownership group has done now three times, um, you know, really special. Um, and uh, But ultimately, 
um, I, I can tell you that the the appetite and the excitement at the ownership level to keep doing this is really high. And, and we strive to figure out different ways, right? This is a business to try to generate some revenue um, in, in order to, to keep, you know, keep this thing going and, and, and ultimately put more money back into this, right? Um, whether that be at the youth levels, or at the professional levels. But, uh, but yeah, you guys got to peek behind the curtain. Um, and it probably surprised a, a lot of people. But ultimately, um, it doesn't uh, derail what, what, you know, Oakland or other, you know, clubs around this league or what Phoenix Rising is trying to do as an organization. You know, you, you mentioned, right, you know, you guys have definitely uh, have your own have your own stadium. You definitely have to had to, had to build, pick up and move a couple of <laughs> times, you know, going into last year, right, where you guys, you know, established at this um, where you guys are at, you know, 30th and Washington for really like for the foreseeable future now being in the first year, right? Definitely feeling out a bit, figuring out what works, what doesn't. We've seen this kind of landscape shift within soccer. You can look at it from the US perspective. You can look at it from a global perspective. Attendance is always important, but also there's different ways people are consuming the game, whether that's on broadcast, whether that's in clips, whatever. Long story short, it's going to be interesting, right? This year, the second year in the building, how do you guys look to balance, you know, getting people to the games, uh, enjoying the like fan experience while also knowing people are consuming, you know, games in a different way? Yeah, it's, it's challenging. We're in a crowded marketplace, very crowded marketplace. And I, I was sitting with someone today and they asked how I felt sitting in this very spot, you know, a year ago. Um, and I told them that the spot I was sitting at, which was at the stadium, didn't even exist. Um, it wasn't even there yet, right? So um, the transition, the the uncertainty, um, you know, whether it be for season tickets or communication or theme nights or sponsorship assets or what to communicate to the press, all those things were really difficult if you rewind the clock, you know, 12 months. And, and that, that set us back, right? Um, there's nothing more than I want is a full stadium. Like that, that's what we all want. And we want to do that. And in fact, we want to outgrow that stadium. That's the ambitions that I have, that we have in the front office at ownership. We want to continue to push it and, and, and do that. In order to do that, we need to create a good fan experience. We need to make it affordable. We need to put a good product on the field. Um, we need to be continue to try to be innovative in different ways. So, um, you know, as, as we look to do that, you know, going into year two, we have a little bit more stability. We didn't have to worry about, you know, where we're playing mm -hmm. as those are, those are real you know, things that were on our minds last year, which led to, you know, a lot of the uncertainty. So I think as we build this thing, I, I would say big back up again, um, we have to, you know, continue to introduce the team, um, the brand, the organization to more and more people. And whether that be through their exposure out at a, you know, a rec soccer field, or that be turning on the television or hearing something on the radio or seeing an ad on social media or coming to a game, we want people to have a good experience with Phoenix Rising. And in order to do that, we need to make sure that we have good people. We need to make sure that we're investing our dollars in the right spot because we don't have a you know an unlimited uh, marketing and advertising budget. We can't do the same things. We don't have the same amenities as the other teams in town. So what can we do to differentiate ourselves from other organizations, other entertainment, frankly, right? Whether that's going to the movies, going on a hike, um, going to a baseball game, basketball games. Those are all the real challenges that we have as an organization. So I think... When you look at going into, you know, this upcoming season, right, we need to we we drop prices, single game prices in certain areas. Right. That was because we want to introduce Phoenix Rising to more people. Right. So I think at a time where we all know costs are going up, where we all know, um, you know, what it costs to go to the movies these days, 
you can come out to a Phoenix Rising game. I, I, I truly believe it's the best value. I'm biased, of course. But we want to introduce this because I think once people come out to a game, they're going to see really talented players. They're gonna, there's not a bad seat in the house. I think they're going to walk away from it and have a good time and, and want to come back. So um, that's the goal. So is obviously we have to spend money in the right spots to get people there. We need to align with the right partners that people want us to, to associate with and that want to also help build Phoenix Rising. Um, and we need to recruit players that want to be good stewards in the community and, and, and be out there um, and, and connecting dots, right? And then they bring out, come out and they want to tell their friends about it. So, so ultimately, you look at affordability. I think that, you, that we, we beat a lot of other entertainment options in this valley when you look at affordability. Look at accessibility, right? Something that's really important to us again is, is we're working through it when, and going to renew the partnership with Valley Metro again, right? So you have the ability to – I had someone approach me at – at our first preseason game this year and tell me with the new light rail extension how great it is that they can actually you know walk you know a short short distance be on the light rail and be at the game and don't even have to get in their car that 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 made me feel really good it was just one person but hopefully there's that multiplies so having that accessibility so i think there's never a perfect location right it you're gonna people are gonna be upset with you if you weren't in the north valley if you weren't in the southeast but i think that where we're at for the foreseeable foreseeable future as you said is the perfect spot, right? We have the ability to expand. We have the ability to grow. We're central. Um, we have, you know, public transportation that you can get to and from. Uh, we have a lot of freeways in and around us. So I think that that we're we're in a really good spot to keep growing. So I think accessibility is something, you know. And then you look at how you can watch our games, right? Obviously, we want people to come and help create that environment and buy tickets, but perhaps they get exposure for the first time watching us on television. So given the fact that we're over the air now, I think that in that reach that we have now last year was our first year of our partnership with Arizona family. You see the sons who are now with them. Uh, you know, we're going to get some more, more games on, on at more prominent times with, with them. I think that's another touch point for us. So accessibility is something that we continue to tell, not just coming to the game, but also consuming us on television. Right. Um, so I think those are our two points. And I think we have to be roll out some different packages this year, you know, to get someone, you know, a commitment, 17, 20 games a year, you know, is a, is a big commitment for someone that's never been exposed to Phoenix Rising. So I think we rolled out a, a flex pack this year where you can get uh, 10, ga- 10 tickets and you can use them in any way, shape or form, whether you want to bring nine friends to the game uh, and go to one game or you want to go to 10 different games by yourself, any mix and match, however you want to do that. So I think you you have that. You have the, the college pass. I think th- those are all different ways that we're trying to price it. Right. And then once people come to the game, right the the purists it's a balance you know just being honest it's a balance with the purists where you know there's there's not the mascots and the the bells and whistles that you see i mean you go to a suns game and and you go to a diamondbacks game and there's so much going on whether it be ads or entertainment or trivia it's it's hitting you from every angle and i brought my kids to a game and they're to a suns game they're like holy cow that was unbelievable there was so much it was just energy right so so then you're trying to balance that that you don't want to become I won't name any names, um, but you don't want to you don't want to be other teams that are in, in, you know putting too much PA reads and different mm-hmm. things. So there, there's a balance because who's the consumer, right? We want more people to be exposed to this, come out and have a good time, and 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 do that. So trying to find different ways towards the latter part of last year, how can we incorporate more stuff pregame um, into the video board? How can we um, do some more fan features on the video board? What can we do with cameras to, to get more you know, uh, crowd interaction? Those are all things that we're looking at trying to do because it is important that when people come there, they have a good experience, right? So we don't have the shaded concourses. We don't have all those things. So how can we do that so when they come out, they have a really good time? Because I tell you what, when the sun goes down and it's still July 
And if you're from Arizona, you come out, it's it's not miserable to come out to a game. And I think there's a lot of people um, that, that have seen that. So I think we just have to continue to introduce Phoenix Rising to more people. They come out, they have a good time. And and, and I think that's, that's what we're going to tr- continue to listen. We do surveys after almost every game. Um, we do that for a reason. And we sit here on Monday and Tuesday mornings and, and we talk about that. What can we do? How how quickly can we implement some of those changes? Because, man, we, what we thought we were going to do didn't work. Um, and we need to be able to do that and be nimble enough to do that. And so I think that's the beauty of being at a smaller organization is that we all kind of have our finger on the pulse. I have an understanding of what's going on. We all read social media. We all ask for surveys. We're all interactive and, and we're trying to find out what we can do to continue to create a better product and a better experience. And so we got a long way to go. Um, we've had some success over the years, but we certainly know that that uh, we, we need everyone's feedback and support to continue to, to, to build this and move this forward, but making sure that we're affordable, making sure that we're accessible, and making sure that we continue to listen. And I think if we do those things, we continue to do those things, I think that we can grow. So, you know, obviously there's been a, there've been changes in the footballing landscape in general around the world in terms of how much importance you assign to getting people through the door on match days. Is that something that, say, bringing in another 2,000 people a, 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 day, a game makes a substantial difference to where the club is financially? Massively. Right. Um, We're not in a position where we're getting media dollars. Right. It's just the reality of who we are, where we're at um, right now. So when you look at, you know, Major League Baseball, obviously you look at the the top leagues all over the world, the money they get from their broadcast partners is substantial. And so we're we're in the events business. Right. Right now we have 17, you know, to 20 games when you throw preseason. Hopefully we add four to that at home in in the postseason. Um, and, And you you look at that. So our our our, our business model is built on the live event. So we we need to have people in the stadium, right? People in the stadium, they're that they paid the money to come to the stadium. Then you 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 have all the numbers and you see how much the average person spends on food and beverage and and you see you know parking and merchandise and you you start adding that up. That's that's impactful. So um, you know and then sponsors, right? Sponsors want to associate with brands that have a good experience and. And, and ultimately put a good product out there. And so, yes, sponsorship isn't directly related to the game day revenue, but the game day revenue is what drives us. This. this is where the revenue is coming from for, for, our, for our organization. And the more people that come into that stadium, the, the more uh, you know uh, support we have. It, it certainly helps us out um, tremendously, much more so for us as an organization and us as a league than, than other leagues around the world that are getting you know, those big checks from, from uh, those media outlets. Yeah, if you look at the valley though as a whole, now we've got a, a pretty large Latino population here in the valley. Um, and when you look at studies from people like Boston Consulting Group and, and those kind of people, they they come out and say that a lot of the growth of the sports industry lately is driven by the Latino population here in the U.S. What is the club doing at the moment to try and really tap into that market? Yeah, I, I think you see a lot of the community initiatives that we do as a club and you look at Jason on our staff, you know, running through that and you look at the, the, the school programs that were out there. I mean, we're, we're out there quite a bit, um, whether it's doing clinics, free clinics for kids in underserved communities, or it's, it's a, you know, appearing at schools and, and, and doing reading programs. So I think at the grassroots level, that's, that's where you have to be. And that's where we want to be as an organization. And you look at the amount of time that our players go out into the community that's our best asset and and having our players go out there and and interact with those kids and i think 
you hope those kids become fans for life, right? And and ultimately, that's where it has to start. I think it, if if you don't do that, then you're it's people can see right through it. So I think that authentic um, nature of our players, and they they love being out there, and you see that, and I think you could see. Look at Jose Hernandez, right? And you see what he did to his school coming from Maryvale and, and what that meant to him um, and meant to the kids in that community. So I think being out in the community is, is, is really important. It's important to us. It's important to our partners. It's why brands want to align with us is because of our ability to, to interact and have that touch point um, with the Hispanic community in particular, like you mentioned. Um, I think how we market, how we advertise um, is, is one thing, but also how we represent ourselves on social media, right? Because you can you can do a, a bilingual ad, but how do you communicate on social media, right? Because that's a little bit more authentic. But I think you probably are starting to see, and you have seen over the last six, 12 months, um, whether that be you know bilingual um, content on our social media. I think that's that's important as well. Um, I think, you know, we had, uh, you know, uh, a radio station here, a local radio station calling our games last year as well. Um, so I think we have to continue to do those types of, of things and, and continue to build that up and, and earn the trust whether, you know, whoever it may be, we have to earn the trust of our fans that, that we're authentic, that, you know, that we're driven, um, that we care about the community. And I think those are the things I think it's, it's, really really emphasizing the grassroots level um and then finding different ways to to access and and hosting events now that we we finally control our stadium 365 um how can we host more events at the facility you know whether that be you know wellness checks and clinics how how can we truly be a part of of the community um and and this last 12 months was so crazy you know getting off the ground that we didn't have a chance to do that but those are the conversations that we've been having um, this past year. Hmm. No, it's, uh, it's interesting, right? I mean, a lot of it's, it's, I'm hearing it's finding new ways to kind of get people in the door, whether that's people who they've been fans before or their first timers, it's going to be their first experience. I guess it's not like a blanket question or answer because I get you guys are probably focusing on everything, everyone. Right. But like, where do you guys see your kind of focus this uh season is that to like convert fans who it's like hey maybe you've been to like half our games or a couple games and we want you to become diehard supporters come to more of them or is it more of trying to just get people to their first game it's both yeah it, it really yeah. is both um it's a good question it's it's people that have been out here you know how, how can we get them to come out more it's people that have never been out there why trying to understand the why hmm. um are they not aware of it is it not the sport um is it the price point is it the what what are the reasons, right? And so I think how, how can we overcome those what, whatever those obstacles are, and and create opportunities that they do want to come out and, and experience it. Because again, I'm very confident that if someone comes out to a match, that they're going to enjoy it, um, and they're going to want to tell someone else. So hopefully, they want to post it on social media. And word of mouth is the best form of advertising. So um, you know, we need to get people that have never been out to a Phoenix Rising game. We need to get people that are supporters of the sport of you know outside of the country for other teams um we need to get people that are fans of sports in general um we need to get people that want to come out and perform on the field at halftime and with their dance team or you know their karate or their youth soccer team and and they want to come out and do that and they're like oh let's this has been a really cool experience and now now phoenix rising means something to them and once once that people get that connectivity 
um, with with a fan, then you you I think you create something really special. And we've been fortunate to really. I think have that connectivity um, with with our fans over the years, and which is why I think that we have the best fans in, in the league because of that connectivity. You see, you see over the years us celebrate trophies together, celebrate milestones together, um, challenge each other, hold each other accountable. I think I think that's I like that pressure. I I I enjoy that. So I think trying to find different ways to connect with the community, um, and and that's why we're active in the community with camps and clinics and that's why we have 8,000 plus kids in our youth club we want to get them you know exposed to the brand um, that's why we run different specials aligned with different partners um, but those are all different reasons that that we're out there trying to find that connection and hopefully as you said um, get them to to buy a ticket and come out and experience a match as you um yeah look though at existing fans as well one thing that often comes up and you get people will gripe about it a little bit is that communication between the front office and the fan base and we've seen it on times in the past on social media to an extent you know years ago you've got sam you have jose more recently who's now left as well but but this season how are you planning on kind of bridging that gap yeah i mean we we, we talk about some of the things we we talk about accessibility we talk about um you know our our ability to be nimble as an organization organization but our engagement we, we have to, to to really be engaged and I think it's something we talk about is our responsiveness you know uh, in different ways and we have to remember people consume uh, you know communication um, email is is still kind of the king you see the response rate you see the click rate you see the communication rate at least on our side of things email is is is, is a way a lot of people like to consume it more so than I, I would have you know thought that text message would be a little bit more um, but the route but but ultimately I think we we want to have more happy hours. We want to you know do more events at the stadium. We want to do more open training sessions. I think those are always opportunities where we want our fans to come out. And people can ask me anything. They can ask our front office anything. I, mean, I think honesty and transparency is is the way to operate as an organization. And again, people may not agree with you know what it is, but there's there's reasoning and rationale behind you know the decisions that we make. And there's it's it's done in a collective nature and trying to understand what we're doing and where we're going when we do that. So I think we want to, you know, make it a point of emphasis to do more of these. We started doing a little bit more of those at the end of the year last year. The open training's tough. Um, I wish we could do more of it. I know Danny and the coaches wish we could do more of it. That hour, it, it, training at, you know, nine o'clock in the morning is, is tough. And then the time where, you know, kids and families can have a better chance to come out is the summertime. So I think you'll see, uh, you know, we'll, we'll continue to try to do those, maybe even trying to find some evenings to try to balance that out. Um, I think we want to, you know, get with our season ticket members a little bit more and do some more events. You, you see some of those things like we did last year at Dave and Buster's. We want to try to find some more of those those opportunities and then also host some things at the at the stadium and, and utilize that that uh, there. I think there's some things that we could do around the stadium with our fans um, to dress it up a little bit that, that we have have some ideas. But but ultimately, um, whether that's direct messages, you know, on social media to me, I, I know there's a lot of people that have my cell phone, which is which is great as well. Um, or it's reaching out to the club directly. I think it's it's very important for our organization to be responsive um, in a timely fashion and and um, and you know reach out to us directly and and we continue we can be better right. And you you talked about some people that were very good and very out there all the time um, and those were good examples and things that we should uh, you know continue to take note and try to try to be more responsive in a public light. I think. Um, it might help some people as well because you might if one person has a question publicly that's probably someone else has that same question privately right 
Ear to ear, we'll be dropping uh, Bobby's uh, cell phone right in the chat. No, <laughs> totally kidding. Um, you know, uh, the, one of the things that definitely came up during the offseason, right, is the decision to not for, move forward with a Super League team at this time. Uh, de- definitely a lot of people had the investment and the excitement when the news kind of first was percolating months and months ago. And then, you know, fans are kind of just like, okay, kind of announcement seemingly came out of nowhere. How do you guys kind of address, you know, some disappointment that could be felt by people? And where do you guys foresee a potential, you know, Super League team moving forward? Yeah, no, it was I was disappointed um, personally. Um, I have a young daughter that's playing soccer as well. I, I want her to, I mean, you know, look up to, to you know, to a professional women's team in this market as well. So so for us, um, you know, it was you know, when, when when the USL approached us and, and asked us about, you know, being one of the early you know, organizations that participate in that, as Wayne mentioned, you're right, look at investment and you look at, you know, how much it takes to run, you know, this, this operation, it, it was important for us to, to bring in, you know, some, some lead investors and some additional capital to, to, you know, get this off the ground. And, and, and we laid some, some deadlines and, and, and let them, you know, let the league know. And, and obviously we can't share all those things, but some of those things were in and around the infrastructure and understand that because, we know what it takes to, to operate a team, meaning you need sponsors, you need, you know, ticketing partners, you need to have apparel providers, all, all the things that go with it to, to that, you know, maybe not be as is, is out there. Um, and, and of course, we had a head start just because we we have a lot of those things operating and, and, and existing. But we needed to understand the structure of the league, how many games are going to be played, what other teams are going to be participating in this, um, you know, what, uh, what, what, you know, just general rules and general support staff at the league level. And we didn't get a lot of those answers. And at some point, it would be hard for us to go commit to a sponsor and say, this is what this is going to look like when we didn't know what it was going to look like. It would be hard for us to hire because if you're going to hire someone to be a sporting director or a head coach um, or on the business side, chances are there that you're likely taking them from an existing job to do that. And we didn't have certainty that this was going to go. At some point, we had to make a decision and say this was going to be our deadline. And if some of these things aren't in place for us to hire, you know, talent in order to come in and operate whatever facet and responsibilities they had, we needed to make sure we had the runway and the timeline to do that. Um, and, and I also would say ultimately, you know, so, so I would say one infrastructure, making sure that we felt like it was going to be, you know, a situation that was sustainable, that was going to be long lasting. We've all seen things, our teams or organizations that have come and go. We didn't want to be a part of that. Right. So we wanted to see some infrastructure. The second thing is trust. And, and I think you saw it probably in what we put out there. Um, there was, there was some things that came out and you guys found out about it the same time we did. And, and we felt as an organization within this league um, that, that has invested a lot of money, a lot of time to try to raise the profile, the standard. Um, you look at the players that we brought in this organization, the facilities that we've bought or that we've invested in. Um, we felt that, that trust was broken. So I think establishing a, an infrastructure and a, and a trust in, in the relationship. And I think those two things um, weren't in place. And ultimately, you know, impacted some people that wanted to, you know, support and, and invest in, in the organization and, and and the endeavor. And so with that being said, it was just the, the timing wasn't right. And again, I, I, I wish it was different personally. Um, I wish it was different as an organization, but ultimately that we that's that's what happened and where it went. 
it doesn't take away from what you know what we believe in and and that's the growth of the sport um at the you know the women's level whether it be at the youth levels all the way to professional levels right and i think we're really proud of what we've done at the youth levels over the years and you look at the amount of girls that have gotten scholarships from our youth club that's something that we're really proud of um and we know we have to take the steps at some point but right now just wasn't the right time for us yeah no i appreciate that elaboration i know that's something that right we people only know what they know of like it's nice to hear like straight from the source so appreciate that man um what is the right time for investing is going to our friends at OG's Brands. Friends at OG's Brands, that's the time. It is now. Get in on their new OG's gummies. They have two new products that have just launched, the OG's Naturals and the Big OG's in the, those natural, sweet, clementine flavor. They are vegan, for those of you who love that vegan option out there. But right, again, it's made with that Peg's RSO, that Rick Simpson oil. It's great. Little balance of that THC very easy to kind of enjoy, have a little loose time in life. So learn more at ogsbrands.com. Um, Again, you can find them on all socials at ogsbrands. Must be 20 years or older to enjoy responsibly. Also check out our friends at Four Peaks. Four Peaks, they got their new Bad Birdie Juicy Golden Ale. It's fantastic. Had it multiple times at their A Street Pub. Uh, it's great. They were out of waste management, all that kind of good stuff. We have some fun stuff going on with Four Peaks that we will be letting you guys know in the coming weeks. But... For now, Four Peaks, check out their Bad Birdie Juicy Golden Ale again. It's a collab between two Arizona brands. Gotta love it. Go check it out at Four Peaks Pub, their A Street Pub again. Find them on Instagram at Four Peaks Pub and at Four Peaks Brew. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy Four Peaks responsibly. Right. So this one's been, I think, a bit of an elephant in the room um, as we move on from this. And obviously, these past few days have really brought it back to the forefront. But the U.S. Open Cup and all the discussion of a what the future of that tournament looks like even as soon as this season what is your opinion on how we've seen mls and us soccer go about what we've seen in the last few days yeah it's it's very fluid um i've been on multiple calls this weekend um trying to understand um positions what's taking place and and ultimately if you take a step back and you just look at cup competitions around the world and you look what it does for the sport. You look what it does for the communities that are not as mature or don't have an organization that is, you know, is rooted as, as the history or the investment or the infrastructure, whatever it may be. And you look what those cup competitions do, right? They help grow the sport. And, and ultimately, that's what I believe is what a cup competition is. You see the the upsets. You see the, the uh, you know, the Davids go into... Uh, and beat the Goliaths, right? And, and you, it, it's really cool to, to see those types of things. And that, that helps grow, right? You even look at this past year and you look at some of the, the teams in our league that Pittsburgh's and Sacramento a couple years ago, and you see the turnout for the games, the league games after they, they go deep into the run. You look at FC Cincinnati, right? And that organization and, and what that meant to them and, and their deep cup run. So you, you see examples of that here in our own market in, in the U.S., over the past couple of years, you see that um, clearly in other other you know countries around the world. So it's 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 a competition that to me helps stem growth um, in in soccer communities around around the country. And I want I would love for that to continue that way. What it looks like moving forward, I I couldn't tell you personally. I'm disappointed in U.S. soccer. Um, that's the, the honest truth. I 
obviously don't know all the details and all the intimate stuff that's taking place. But but from my vantage point, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed that it's even gotten this this you know this uh, public um because uh, to me it's it's setting us backwards it's we're focused on something else that that's taking away on us focusing helping grow the sport and that's that's disappointing for me for us as an organization um we want to compete and 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 we want to win trophies right and and so the opportunity to compete i don't know what the format's going to look like this year i don't know what the format's going to look like next year uh, but I do know that if if we have an opportunity as an organization to participate in it, we're going to participate and we're going to go out there and we're going to try to win games because I think our community, our, our fans like to come out and watch Phoenix Rising and they support Phoenix Rising. And so whatever game we're playing, whatever opponent that is, whatever competition, we're going to go out and we're going to give it our best and and that's a that's a competition that we haven't had a lot of success in <laughs> over the years that we need to have some success in and something that, that, uh, you know, irritates me just the way it's always gone down. But, uh, but ultimately to answer your question, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't sit here. I mean, I, I, I got off a call two hours ago, um, with, with people around the league and, and there's still, there's still a lot of question marks. Um, and I probably got three or four calls and emails that have happened over the last 30 minutes since I've been sitting here with you. Everyone's talking about it, right? Publicly, everyone's talking about it at the league level. We're all trying to understand it, mm. but that's because we it's its really important to us. It's really important to our club. It's important to the clubs around the league. Um, it's important to our league um, that, that, that we have this opportunity to go out there and compete and showcase our clubs, our organizations, our growth, our development, and help other markets grow and develop as well. So um, I, I don't have... You have everything I know, um, and I'm disappointed. Um, I'm frustrated, uh, but I do know if uh, in whatever format exists this year, um, we want to compete in that format, and we want to go out and win it. Looking ahead further then, of course, we know it's been a, a stated goal of Rising in the past, at least about making their way into MLS and, and taking Phoenix Rising, the club, into MLS. But we've seen, of course, in recent years that the trend has changed almost with MLS and the way that they're going around expansion. It's gone away from the promotions of FC Cincinnati, Nashville, uh, Minnesota, and more towards replacing almost when you look at Austin, St. Louis, and, and now San Diego as well. When you see that trend, does that make you think that maybe the window for Phoenix Rising, the club, to go to MLS may have passed? I don't, um, and it's it is sad. It's disappointing as well to see that because there's good people, there's great fans of of those organizations that you mentioned. Um, but for us, I have to just look at Phoenix Rising and, and and what we've done. And I think you you look at you know our ownership group and the relationships that they have, right, and the relationships that we've established. And you see the support. Think about you know uh, the mayor. You know, riding riding with the trophy, um, and, and that that event we had, to, you know, in, in downtown Phoenix, you you see that type of support from the community is fantastic. So I think you look at relationships, um, people that uh, you know, a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes to foster those relationships. I think you look at the size of our youth club. You look at the the partnerships that we've had. You look, you know, um, at the product on the field. I know that's it's not based on sporting merit, but we we try to run a really professional organization, right? That that's that, that uh, you know kind of continues to set the standard, and then ultimately you look at our fans, 
And, and I think that's the most important thing. Um, again, I'm biased, but I, all those markets you mentioned, they don't have our fans. And I think that's what we have that separates ourselves and that we go back to connectivity, right? And the connection that this brand, Phoenix Rising, means to so many people in this community and the support that our fans have given us. Um, and I, it's that support that ultimately make, makes me feel that we're insulated from that and that we're, that, that, that goes through Phoenix Rising. And we're really very ambitious as an organization. Um, what, where, where we go from here, I, I, I don't know, but I know that we're going to keep pushing the limits. I told you I want to, I want our organization to outgrow this stadium. I want to build a more permanent stadium. I want to do all of these. I want to continue to grow, add teams, add, um, add more kids at the grassroots level. Um, so I think our ambition doesn't stop where, where it goes and what that pathway looks like. I couldn't tell you, but we're going to continue to try to challenge to get better every day. And ultimately I think the fan base that we have and the support that we have from this community makes us really unique and makes us different. So if Don Garble was to say, give a press conference, don't, don't believe that this is happening now. I'm just tossing it out there, but say he came out tomorrow and said, of course, that, Oh, there's going to be a team in Phoenix. It's going to have nothing to do with the existing Phoenix rising. What preparations are you guys on the club end putting in place that if that day and that situation was ever to actually come about, you'd be confident that you wouldn't go the way of San Diego loyal? Uh, it's a good question. Um, we're aware that that's happened. Um, it, yes, we've had discussions about that. But again, just to, to go back to what I just said, I, I guess we, I think to prepare for something, um, I, we haven't focused a lot of energy on that because what our energy is has been focused on is is developing those relationships, right? We we talk about whether it be um, with with city officials and state officials to to our partners and and that support that we have, and then ultimately our fan base. I think those that's what our focus and our energy is on is is continuing to connect and introduce Phoenix Rising to as many people, and and we're confident that that this organization will continue to be as strong as that support um that that we're able to establish and connect um with with and so so ultimately it's a good question i don't have a good answer for you um but but i i we're, we're not, our energy and our time isn't focused on that what if it's it's looking at ourselves in the mirror and what can we do to continue to better ourselves and establish more relationships and continue to build this thing in in, in a way that it's it lasts far longer than than bobby dooley or, or anyone else that's at this organization right now mm. I mean, Owen, you kind of hit him with uh, a lot of the what could happen in the future, but you know, something to look forward to in the future. It's this upcoming season, which I guess is kind of in the present, but we're we're all, we're getting there. What are you guys looking forward to? Like, what is what is the thing when you think of like, bam, twenty twenty four season? This is why you guys, you know, people should take notice. I think we kind of hit a restart last year, right? Mm. A restart from our our facility, um, that location. We hit a restart from the the players, right? You talked about 22 new players coming in the roster. For the most part, I know, I know this. You know, Juan was was there. Um, you know, for a few games at the latter part of of 2022, um, but it was a restart kind of across the board. And so I, I, I look at first off the field, kind of as we talked about, um, we were able to settle in a little bit this year and weren't worried about some of the stuff as it relates to infrastructure. So I. I I look at us taking some steps forward from the game day experience from, um, you know, from partnerships and activations. And we're excited about some of the partners that we're going to be announcing here 
in the next couple of weeks. That support from the corporate community has been fantastic and continues to grow. And then I look at the on the field stuff. I just think um, we should start stronger. You know, we should be a little bit more consistent. We have a good foundation. You look at 14 players that are still on this roster that were with us last year and then the parts that we brought in. So I, I think um, consistency um, and building on that foundation is is what I'm most excited about, both on and off the field, to see how we can pick up where we where we left off, how we can continue to get better each and every day, both on and off the field, and continue to build is what I'm most excited about. Okay, okay. Um, as I say, I mean, now you guys are defending champions. What is that? I know we kind of talked about it a bit, especially earlier, but like, what does that mean as we're getting into like the start of the season? Is that it's pressure. Is that like, how's that feel? Is that exciting? Is that like raising the standard? Like, what is that? What does that feel like for you? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, again, you could have asked me the last seven seasons, but prior to the season, what the expectation was. And I would tell you the same thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but ultimately um, we're going to get everyone's best shot. Mm. And, and again, you could say the, the, the cliche, right? Is it, is it easier to get to the top or stay in the top, right? And I, I think, you know, consistency is something, um, I've, I've said that word a few times throughout this conversation, um, I want to see more of. And, and you know, we've consistently, you know, outside of one year where we really fell off, right, um, have had some sustained success. And I'm, I'm proud of that as an organization. And we need to keep having more and more success. And we need to do things that we've never done before. And and this year is is no different. And, and you know, something that we've never done is whether it be a cup competition um is is make a run in that and or you know win a trophy here uh at home and we want to do that in front of our fans and and you know that the last trophy obviously we we did that through a i think a partial crowd a couple of years ago and 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 somehow tampa got sick during that celebration um but uh but no we want we want to we want to do it again we want to do it at home i mean i when we want to do it with more consistency i think you look at some of the teams of the past of, of Phoenix rising teams of the past and teams when, you know, they come in and it's hot and they don't want to be here and there's a big crowd and we score early and they're like, Oh, here we go. Like that just scared. And we want to put that, that fear back into teams that we're, we're going to do that. And, and, and so I think, we want to win with some style and we want to be consistent. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and make predictions or say that we're not going to run into some bumps and, and have some challenges this year. Um, but I think consistency is something that, that we have to see more of this year. Okay. Okay. Um, we've got a couple of fan questions we that um, we have been sent. I tell you what, we'll preface that though. What, because it does link to one of them by saying that we've been, uh, Bobby, you came with some uh, special things as well that I'm hearing are going to be uh, yeah. revealed more publicly. Uh, yeah, we're uh, we're rolling out some different merchandise mm. lines this year. I, I know. Yeah. Uh, pa- oh, I don't know if you can see it on there, but we got the uh, <laughs> yeah. the patch. Yeah, sleeve. that that nice. You're not holding the jersey there, but no, you're it's holding, not a jersey. <laughs> you're, you're, you're holding some stuff that's part of a merchandise <laughs> line that we're going to be unveiling our, our our champions line that we can roll out this year. And we, of course, will be the one team this year that has the. Uh, the unique USL patch on the sleeve. So that particular shirt you got has, has that, uh, that trophy on there. Um, and we're excited about that next, uh, next week we're, we're having our Jersey reveal. That's always a fun time of the year, an opportunity for fans to, to connect with some of the players they haven't met yet. 
um, you know, see some of the new merchandise that we're rolling out, and then also uh, obviously see see our new uh, new kits um, mm-hmm. for the year. So I think it'll be a fun night. But but I think those are some things that we're trying to do a little bit different um, this year. We got. I know a couple of years ago we did a player collection and, and some different things on the merchandise side of things. So we're excited about what we're going to do on the apparel side of things, maybe find a few more collaborations. Um, and, and again, having some time to focus on more of the business operation than figuring out where we're going to play has been instrumental into our planning and, and what we got uh, in store this year. That's one of the things that, that yeah, some fans have brought up um, to us, especially in the past, is talking about the, the merchandising and especially you, know, you come off that championship run um at the end of last season and feeling as though there maybe wasn't quite enough out before christmas or you didn't actually manage to go out and find it out in in physical locations very much how do you think the club can work to to really improve those kind of things yeah no licensing our brand and again we talk about connectivity how different ways for people to interact with the brand one of those is walking through the store and seeing the phoenix rising shirt right so um working on licensing program we're in dick sporting goods now um so you can see some of our gear in dick sporting goods we're working to get into other places as well um you know and trying to figure out for people ways for people to buy our merchandise more than just on game days or or at the stadium right so it's a work in progress obviously i would love personally if we were in every store and and where people are shopping um all over town but we have to find different ways to connect. People are shopping in different ways. A lot of people are shopping these days without even going into a physical store, right? So how can we run some different, uh, you know, collaborations or different lines that that might generate uh, a response out of someone, you versus Max, right? So um, we, we're, we got some different pieces of merchandise this year. Um, timing is tough, right, in, in the merchandise space and, and getting product and, and turning it around and, and also a quality product. In a timely fashion, that's why what what did come out right away was really basic. Um, you know, I can tell you that we'd love to get our jerseys out earlier and earlier. Um, though there's some challenges that that go beyond our control with it with regards to that. But but ultimately, um, yeah, we want to be better on the merchandise side of things. We want to be more accessible. We want to be out there in more locations. So um, fair feedback, the the right feedback, and and um, you know, noted for sure. Kit reveal, kit launch party will be Thursday, February 29th, 6 to 8.30 at the Marquee. Any uh, any hints, Any uh, anything you can drop our way, a little PHX Rising podcast exclusive? Um, Again, we'll have a we'll have a, a trophy on the sleeve. Um, is it going to be red in the home kit? <laughs> is there going to be red? In red the in the home kit, maybe. Is there going to be red in the home kit? Mm. I I, uh, I think there'll be a little red. Okay, That's Phoenix Rising. <laughs> so um, so yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll have two kits. I know um, um, there was some questions in and around that, but we'll be unveiling two kits next uh, Thursday night. Okay. They look good in them too. Okay. 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 The, the, as I said, the goal, the goalkeeper kits also very hard to beat from last year because those were True. phenomenal. They were really good. Yeah. It's because we didn't have a black kit and we had that black goalkeeper <laughs> kit that was a really hot yeah, item. That's so fair. Was, that's fair. There was no black in our kit last year. I mean, obviously the stripes, but a predominant black right. kit. Um, and and uh, our goalkeepers look good in that. I know the. I know they were always mad if they get the match preview and they didn't get to wear the black goalkeeper kit. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. Um, I get another another question yeah. I did see from some yeah. of our fans um, earlier as well. Obviously, USL looking at promotion and relegation. Um, they still don't have a lot of concrete details on that, but just the broad concept of that is that something that Phoenix Rising supports. I think the 
I don't have a lot of answers for it either from a league perspective. Um, but I do know conversations on how we can continue to promote and advance our game and our league is 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 very relevant. And whether that be promotion relegation, whether that be different forms of tournaments in the season, whether that, you know, cross, you know, the pond and look at other, you know, divisions and sport teams and leagues to to come over and, and participate in competitions. There, there's a lot of things that that the the league and the, the teams are looking at to try to continue to grow. Um, promotion and relegation, obviously, is always, um, you know, buzzworthy. And I would love, I mean, we'd be having a different conversation today if that was what was going on in the, in the, in the U.S. But but ultimately, I think um, it's it's a good topic. It's a good conversation, I think more the more teams that continue to, to to pop up around the country is a good thing um and i just don't know you know if it will ever happen but i do know that our league um has hired third parties as is constantly you know gathering feedback from from the clubs to see what we can do to evolve and ultimately generate more eyeballs on the clubs right because if we can generate more eyeballs on the clubs that means that more um you know media outlets want to showcase our games right and if it's it's you know the chicken and the egg if if we're on a channel that gets more eyeballs and we get more impressions then the sponsors are going to say oh i want to i'm going to be a part of that i want to buy tv spots on that i want to how do i advertise and be a part of that which means more revenue in right more exposure oops knocking this mic around more exposure more opportunity to uh to get people to come into the game right so so ultimately if there's things that we could do as a league um that can help generate more awareness um we're going to look at it mm. What is your theme night or and or giveaway that you're most looking forward to this year? Hmm. Well, man, that's a good question. Um, I think it's really cool the you know the first responders. You know, we did a police and fire game last year before the game, and that was really cool. Again, it was really hot out. I could barely go out there to watch. I don't know how they were running around, but it was it was cool to see that. I think we want to do a little bit more with that. Um, I think. You know, Hispanic Heritage Month is is always fun. We, we want to do some of these things that we're doing. We're trying to do not just on one night to extend it out for, you know, a little bit of a longer period of time, whether that be with a merchandise line, whether that be some with some community initiatives that, that go along with it. Um, so as you probably saw last week when we came out with the theme nights, it's a little less than normal, but we're also still working through um, some food and beverage specials that will be added to it. So um, we, we had to, you know, put some hooks out there to, to get more people to come out there um, without messing with the integrity of, of the game and flying helicopters and, and bringing, you know, swim pools and different things happening in the middle of the game. Um, but uh, but ultimately, um, I, I, I just, you know, what, what the first responder is, the police and the fire is something that's just kind of cool to see on, on my side of things. I like that. Nice. You got anything else? I think we're about out of time. Uh, we've gone over what we'd normally. Go. I think I think we peppered him with <laughs> questions sufficiently. Yeah. Um, no, man, this has been great. Thank you for coming through. Anytime. I I, uh, I appreciate what you guys are doing too. I, I know you guys fly around the country and support us, and it, it doesn't. Uh, we notice that. We appreciate that. Very unique. Again, what we do different than other clubs, and I say and we like I'm the one doing it. You guys are doing it, so I shouldn't take any credit for it. But we really appreciate it. And it's it's nice to see you guys around and. And keep challenging us. Keep keep asking the tough questions, and and we'll keep trying to be uh, as open and fair with with you guys as as well. 
Appreciate that. Yeah, I definitely have logged up so many miles, you know, traveling. You, you, you've done a fair bit yourself, right? I haven't gotten, <laughs> got in a small car in England with Owen one, uh, uh, this, this off season too. So uh, yeah, but the small car, it wasn't, it was, it was more Brandon was trying, big, to, was trying to, trying to big guy in the car the with tiny you. Little, big, big Brandon McCarthy in the front oh. with his knees up on his chest at that point, that practically. Was, thank God we had you that night though, because we, we don't make it to the Arsenal game without you that night. Uh. So. <laughs> wouldn't be the worst thing as a spurs fan all right um, on the note uh, again everyone uh key reveal, key reveal will be next thursday the 29th at the marquee um go there for key reveal and also make sure to get you some swag for yourself phslocker.com got the rise to the champ the top champions t-shirt got phnx stuff it's always good stuff so check it out phnxlocker.com diehards get that discount as well on all merch and uh, keep up with everything we got going on here over at phnx underscore underscore rising double the underscore and double the tattoo news coming soon oh gosh no we are we are <laughs> ending with that i don't like that <laughs> oh boy uh you can follow me on twitter at max david simpson you can follow Owen on twitter at oj evans 18 bobby any socials you like direct to direct people to uh people can always uh like to direct message me at bobby dooley but on my twitter account but i'm yeah. i'm not as active on social media i see it i i read it i I, I acknowledge it, um, but uh, yeah, feel free to reach out, direct message, and and I will uh, I'll get back to you. Or, as I said, um, reach out to me on my cell phone too, as as it happens. <laughs> we will not. No, we will rescind that in the chat. No, no we're kidding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's all the places to follow, and yeah, of course, follow the club at PHX Rising FC. And yeah, yeah it's a great interview. Check us out. We will be back to you guys on thursday back to thursday shows much to the chagrin of jacob franklin behind the mac as he's giving me that old stare down but yes we'll see you guys thursday 6 p.m it is a beautiful game but it's way more beautiful when this season kickoff is right around the corner folks see you guys on thursday